Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Great. So today we are going to talk about how to talk to people when you are an introvert, or even if you're not an introvert, but just how to really connect and feel comfortable in making small talk. So Donovan, as a self-described introvert, what would you say, what tools would you offer to people as far as addressing this issue? Yeah, so this is definitely something, uh, especially in the past, that I had a lot of trouble with. And it was specifically because I didn't really feel like I had the right tools to kind of work through this, right? Like this small talk type of thing. There's certain situations like a party or checking out from a grocery store or just other things where you kind of have the opportunity for these little conversations, but maybe it's not as structured or familiar as it might be in other scenarios. So for me as an introvert, this has generally created a bunch of anxiety, but especially when I didn't have any tools mm -hmm. to kind of address this or open up these conversations. So I think there's, there's quite a few things that have helped me, but one of the biggest pieces that kind of changed my mindset was getting into kind of the tactical details of having a conversation, which might sound a little bit, I don't know, silly or a little bit, uh, I don't know, mm -hmm. but basically, um, there's a couple different things that you can do in conversations to really open them up. Uh, because like historically, I, I felt either, hey, I don't really have anything to talk to this person about, mm -hmm. or I didn't want to come across, you know, less than or not very well. So I would also feel kind of a pressure of like, oh, I need to be able to perform or do something. And one of the things that really helped me a lot is actually going the opposite, which is a lot easier, which is just taking a genuine interest and being curious about other people. And it sounds super simple. A lot of people probably do this already or have this built in, but I never did. So switching my mindset a little bit from like, oh, I have to be able to perform and make a good impression on this person and blah, 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 to kind of, well, who is this person and what are they interested in and what do they care about? That frame and that position is so much easier to open up a conversation. And instead of trying to work on myself and how do I come across and what stories can I tell and how can I act and what makes me look cool? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so much easier to cultivate just a little bit of curiosity and then spend time asking people about themselves or what they're interested in or how their day is going. And not only is that easier, it also tends to work better. It seems like if you are genuinely interested in someone else, then they tend to, not everybody, but open up a little bit more. And then from there, you can just build onto that conversation. So that's like the high level overview of some of the stuff that has helped me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I do kind of understand the kind of anxiety in the beginning of meeting someone and like, what do you talk about? And then once you start to open up that conversation, it, you start to get more comfortable and things kind of progress more naturally in that sense. It's, that's what I was hearing from what you were sharing. Yeah, definitely. And there's also that part, just honing in on that anxiety piece. There is a piece yeah. of recognizing that some number of conversations are going to be somewhat uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
but also recognizing that just kind of digging around for a couple different topics, right? Because that's one thing that just crushed me before I had more tools was I would like get my courage up, ask one question, and then it wasn't a topic or interest of theirs or for whatever reason, the conversation would kind of not grow from that point. And at that point, I would feel it and then I would freak out and then I would just try to get out of it and do something else. Whereas just kind of pushing through the uncomfortableness just a little bit, just like, let's explore what's over in this topic. What's over in this one? What's over in this one? Eventually one of those paths will open up. But yeah, in the past, as soon as I hit one of those walls, I'd be like, okay, this isn't working. Like abort, eject, get me out of here. Like, this is so awkward. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, you know, back when I was on the dating market where I would have a lot of, when I was in my 20s, I used to say that I had a lot of boring dates and it was just like very dry and it's like, what do we talk about? Just like, you know, our job, our hobbies. And I'm like, everyone has jobs and hobbies. It's <laughs> dull. And I was just not interested in it. And what, what shifted and made the conversations more enjoyable was to start asking questions that actually like intrigued me about any person, whether or not I was romantically interested or, or not, just to be like, oh, you know, what was, what was your childhood like? You know, what was the, your parents, what was your relationship like with your parents? And things that like, I'm curious naturally about people in general. So whatever they say is an interesting thing for me to hear. So therefore it kind of helps the conversation feel more engaging and comfortable. Yeah, I think that's important and something that happens a lot is that people feel like when they're making small talk, they need to ask, I don't know, some like preset set of questions that fits into the box of small talk. Like, these are safe. This is what's a, a, it's good to ask. And this is what will make sure that we don't go too deep and get into any hairy no details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that like what you said, touching on things that are actually interesting to you and goes back to what I was saying of like cultivating some genuine curiosity, it helps you inject a lot of positive energy into the conversation and naturally leads into oh, well, I want to follow up with this. I want to follow up with this. What about this? What about this? And that's not natural to everyone. Like that certainly was not natural to me. My baseline was like, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) But uh, it also made for tons and tons of very, very unpleasant experiences, right? So knowing that just tweaking, right, a little bit into this curiosity place, has, has made the interactions a lot better, helped me get through uh, some of that apathy too. Because there was also a piece of like, I, it doesn't matter to me, nothing. I don't care about anything that this person has or is interested in. Um, but then again, looking at the outcomes, the outcomes when my mindset was that way were so bad. And I was always anxious to talk to people. And I always had bad outcomes because even when someone was opening up, I would just be like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm like that, that small shift has made such a big difference. I don't know how uh, frequent it is for people to, to feel this way or how, how often uh, people have that same belief system. Uh, But I do know that it is a somewhat common ish uh, defense mechanism type of thing for, I don't like interacting with people because I get anxious because the interactions don't go well. Therefore I never want to interact with people because I don't like them. Um, that's, that's like a train of logic that I've run into quite a few times with people, but again, seeing the difference in outcomes 
really makes a huge difference for starting to erode that mindset and work towards something a little bit more open. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing out of that is that you kind of discovered that in, you had like the apathy piece a little, like, I don't even really care about people. So why even bother? But you kind of described it as like a self-protection mechanism because it's like everything in the past has always gone like really awkward or weird. I, I don't want to invest in caring. Or if there's like a genuine, I wonder, it's like, how do people figure out the balance of, you know, if they generally don't care or if it's like, they don't care because of like all these past bad experiences. When I think about my own situation, like, yeah, when I went on a lot of bad dates in my twenties and I didn't care, I was like, I wish there was like an eject button from the seat that could just like launch me out. <laughs> like some of those dates where I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to be here. I have to go feed my imaginary cat kind of a situation. And, <laughs> but you know, what shifted for me, and I don't, I don't know exactly what shifted for me where it's just like to care, to care is a big thing and it makes the, the date more enjoyable. And I'm like, if I'm going to invest an hour of my life, how do I want it to go? <laughs> so do I want to be like, make it painful and unbearable? Or do I want to like, be curious? And yeah, maybe it doesn't work out, but I may never meet this person ever again in my entire life. So what would I want to find out about this person <laughs> moving forward, I guess. So that, that's kind of how my mindset had shifted around that idea. But I'm just trying to think of like, how do we get people to care? <laughs> just like, where's that bridge? <laughs> I know one of the things, and this may not be universally applicable, but one of the things that made a huge difference for me is there was a long time where I thought, like I was saying before, small talk had to fit in this box of like, there's only certain topics that people want to talk about. And I now having changed my strategy a bit, don't think that's really true, right? Like the thing that really interests me a lot, and this may be different for different people, but I want to know what people's like aspirations are, right? Like, what are they working towards? What do they want out of life? Like, those are the things that are really interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. And I used to think like, oh, well, you can't just start talking about that because people are going to be like, who are you? I'm like, I don't want to tell you any of this stuff. But I found in actually doing it, almost always people want to talk about that kind of stuff because it's what they're passionate about, right? Like it's never, it's never like, well, I'm super, super passionate about music, but I don't talk about it. Like that's not really how it works. So for me, at least honing in on the thing, like we were saying before that I found interesting Mm -hmm. instead of trying to fit my conversation into this like pretend box of small talk has really made a huge difference in being able to have conversations that I do care about. And again, that may not be the case for everyone, but for me, at least that got me past this apathy piece of like, okay, I'm just going to have this stupid, boring, small talk. And and that was part of it. Right. It's like, I don't really care. I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. It's sunny. I know it's sunny. Like I don't this. And that's what a lot of the apathy was is like, I was getting just this regurgitation of information that was already known. And like, yeah, small talk does still occasionally go into that you know, realm, like if you're checking out at a grocery store and you have two minutes to talk to someone, yeah, probably not going to have like a super, super deep conversation. Right. But there's a lot of instances where there is space for these kinds of like conversations mm-hmm. and things to open up that I was closing off prematurely. And just knowing that you really don't have to build up like this weather talk 
before you get into like, oh, what are you interested in? What do you care about? Right. That made a huge difference for me to remove that apathy piece. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you really touched on something really important and just kind of widening our scope of what we deem like an appropriate first conversation. And if you expand that, one aspect is like caring about what the other person is saying, but to also not care what they think of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just occurred to me. Maybe if you're thinking like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird if I just go into a deep conversation type of topic. I don't know. But at some point in my lifetime, I just stopped caring what they thought if I thought I was a weirdo. I'm sure plenty of guys I went on first date because I would go into like deep conversation topics because that's what I wanted to find about. And maybe I don't know if that like scared them off or not. And But I can honestly say when I took on the mindset of like, enjoying engaging and being curious about the other person whether there's romantic chemistry or not I actually enjoyed every single date I went on (laughs) because I was like proactively making it enjoyable by asking what I wanted to without attachment to you know the outcome and I think that kind of encompasses with uh you know not limiting yourself with these are the three questions that you start with. It's like your job, (laughs) your hobbies, (laughs) just like snooze fest. Let's talk about real stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that can really, I mean, like what you're saying with those intro questions, Mm -hmm. that stuff I think can be good to open up a deeper conversation. But what often happens Mm -hmm. is a conversation that's like this weird questionnaire list of things, right? Like, what are your hobbies? Okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Let's move on to the next thing, right? Because it's like this, this fear a little bit of getting deeper into some of the stuff. But I think that's where most of the fruitful conversation lies, right? Like if you can get into, okay, what are your hobbies? Mm -hmm. And then go a level or two deeper than that, a couple follow up questions, you're likely to get some information that's actually pretty interesting. But I don't think that happens a lot. I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of people think to do that at least in terms of people who are like struggling with small talk um because for me at least really getting my mindset around asking a bunch of questions in terms mm-hmm. of things that I'm also interested in has made conversation flow so much more naturally and going back to what you were saying about really like being worried about what other people think mm-hmm. it's, it's like you're saying like a lot of the people probably most of the people that you're engaging in small talk with you're never going to see again So it's not a huge deal if they don't like you or you don't leave a good impression on them, but it is worth exploring kind of beyond just the surface level to see what kind of connection there is. I I had a similar experience to you where my dating life in the past was significantly better once I switched my mindset to like, I need to find the the right person and that's all I'm doing and that's what I'm using my time on (laughs) to... Yeah. Once I got rid of this, like this, the the point of this interaction is to hit this goal and that's it to some sort of, uh, okay, I'm just going to go meet people, see what the vibes are. If we enjoy each other's company romantically or not, keep hanging out with them. If not, we'll just move on. Like there's, there's plenty of people, but it sounds really subtle. But it was a huge shift in terms of just how these interactions went. Like when there wasn't this pressure of like, do you meet all these things in the checklist? Yes or no? No? Okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this. As opposed to like, okay, I'm going to have this interaction and everyone has interesting stories and things about them, whether or not 
I want to spend all my time with them is a totally different question, but everyone has some interesting stuff and like things worth exploring. So just switching into like, I'm just going to see what this person's about. If we mesh in some way, cool. If we don't, great. Right. But it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need them to like me for any reason. There are plenty of people out there. Right. Yeah, I, I hear that. I feel like if you're able to allow that to happen, it really gives you a sense of freedom. Just, just honestly, just be yourself without like being like, oh, is he, what is he thinking? What is she thinking? And, and you could just actually be more authentic with each other, which is, you know, I think. Oh, we should just interact with people in general, <laughs> whether it's dating or, or not dating, just to be more real with each other versus a checklist. Actually, I remember when one of my dates, I was super awkward. Actually, we became friends after that. It was like a, <laughs> not a great first date, but he was like, he just went into his checklist and I was like, I called him out on it and I just made, <laughs> and I was like, let's talk about real stuff. <laughs> and you could, you could do that if you feel like it. So it's just, you got to give up the, you know, expecting a certain thing to happen and just enjoy the process. I think for one, one thing I did want to touch on is that for myself, I, uh, I would consider myself an extrovert now, but as a child though, I probably would have been considered an introvert. My mother actually described me as shy and I hated that. So I think maybe I pushed myself to, to become a trained extrovert in a way. And I was also a waitress and a dancer and that kind of helped me expand my social skills in a lot of ways. And now I do feel like I'm more on the extroverted side, but I do have like moments where I need my, my, my me time essentially. But I feel like people kind of get stuck in a box of like, I'm extroverted, I'm introverted. And it's like a wide spectrum. And I think like, if an introvert is is willing and open to like training themselves like you have, you could be an extrovert too. <laughs> it's like you're not just stuck as an introvert for the rest of your life. That's how I, because I feel like I've transitioned out of that and now I'm kind of just have been extroverted for, I don't know, at least a decade. Um, it just kind of feels like this is who I am now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you, that actually touches on if you go into some of the research and some of the ideas around introversion and extroversion, it's not really about how well you interact with other people, right? It's about how different types of stimulation either charge you up or wear you down. And mm -hmm. I do think there's a very tightly coupled idea of introversion with not wanting to socialize or like having trouble socializing. Where in reality, I think mm -hmm. a lot of what happens is as someone who is introverted, you end up with social experiences that drain you, that are difficult, that cause anxiety, that create right. more behavior that kind of furthers that. Mm -hmm. But it's like you were saying, if you know the tools right. to have the types of social interactions that you want, mm -hmm. then you can get through a lot of the situations that you want to have better interactions in. So I think one clear example is like, a party with a billion people, like wall-to-wall -wall people crushed up together, I hate it. I never wanna do that ever in a million years because I'm an introvert and the level of stimulation drains me like that. Yeah. Absolutely exhausted. Mm -hmm. But I would still say that I'm very much introverted. However, the other situations like small talk, like dating in the past, these other things that are lower stimulation but still social, having the tools 
to manage them and to do what I want to in those situations makes a huge difference. So that's just like one piece that I wanted to touch on is like, I don't feel like I'm any different in terms of I'm now more outgoing or I'm now getting more charged up from social interaction, but I've seen kind of these patterns from the past where, okay, I get anxiety or I get drained because of this social stimulation. And then I tie it back to, oh, well then I don't want to do that ever again, as opposed to getting the right tools for managing these situations the way that I want to mm-hmm. and kind of moderating them correctly. That has made a huge difference for me in terms of just feeling better about those interactions and the way that I like look at myself as someone who is introverted, as opposed to seeing like, well, I don't, I don't want to talk to people because I'm introverted and I don't like it. Instead of the interactions I've had in the past have drained me because I haven't had the tools to frame this situation or create the situation the way that I would like. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm kind of, I, what has me kind of thinking and doing some self-reflection as you talk about what your experience is, is like, I also, even though I describe myself as an extrovert, being in a packed, crowded room with as sardines and not being able to hear each other or really have any like, real conversations because you can't so loud that detracts me I I don't yeah but it's just like does that make me less of an extrovert because I don't like that because I feel like <laughs> you don't necessarily have to like that situation to be an extrovert essentially so I'm just kind of reflecting for me what makes the difference whether it's like one person or five people what's draining or charging is like the the depth of the conversation. If it's a bunch of superficial conversations, yeah, I feel like that would be tiring for even me as an extrovert. But if they were like authentic deep conversations, I would be enlivened by that. And when I think about like when I've, you know, presented on stage to hundreds of people, when I could like get outside of my own head and just be with people, that actually kind of charged me up versus kind of like drain me if I had to talk about something that I didn't care about, it'd probably be draining. There's a lot of different variables, I guess, when it comes to this. Mm. Yeah. And I would say the difference, I think for me, like if I give a talk in front of a bunch of people, or Mm -hmm. if I have a a lot of conversations with a lot of new people, Mm -hmm. if they go well, if both of those things go well, it's it's a very enjoyable experience and it's nice. But at the end, I am drained, absolutely just exhausted. And I need time alone with low stimulation to Mm. recharge so that might be the difference is like unpleasant experiences are unpleasant regardless of kind of your disposition but the difference is I I don't know if this is how it is for you but if you come away from those experiences kind of charged up and energized and like ready to go and keep talking to people and keep doing stuff right um my understanding that's more on the extroversion side was for me like it's enjoyable. Those, are, those things are still enjoyable, but they are draining. And I need that quiet, low stimulation time afterwards to have any semblance of sanity. Interesting. Even if they're like really more deeper, authentic conversations, you still need that kind of like that decompressed time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like <laughs> very, very, very nice, very nice things. But like, yeah, if, if it's just, especially if it's like a group, right? Like, let's say I meet a new group of people and yeah. there's 10 people or something. They're all super nice and we have great conversations and like things are going super well. When I leave whatever event that is, I don't, I don't want to talk to anyone for like a whole day. Like I need time 
to decompress for all the stimulation that's, that's going on. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of go back to like the spectrum because, you know, if I was just having conversation after conversation all day long, I would definitely need some, like for me, I guess my balance would be like, I feel like I need those conversations in my life <laughs> that are going to be important to me, you know, at least a few of those a week. But I do feel like I need like at least two, two days to myself to just be on my own and not talk to people. It, dep it depends on my mood though. <laughs> so it, it fluctuates a lot. Hmm. And to me, it's, it's a lot more than a binary. It's, it's on a spectrum, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. Like some, yeah. I think it's really so. a mm -hmm. lot, a lot of just like going out and talking and doing all this stuff all the time. Whereas mm -hmm. other people need a lot, a lot, a lot of alone time. So like, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to talk about it as like a, a switch that's flipped because oh, it's, really, yeah. it's, really no. it's just a range and where people fall on the range. No. So yeah, I did notice when we started the whole lockdown right now, I, I, I happened to just like do way more Zoom calls than normal because everyone was just, I was actually talking to more people for some reason. So it did not feel like I was in social isolation. I wasn't feeling like alone. I was feeling like too much stimulation because I'm, I'm having like all the, everyone was wanting to create like a Zoom group calls and I had never done a Zoom like family call. We did that, <laughs> just like all these various groups wanted to Zoom and I, I was on so many calls that I, I did feel drained and I was like, I need to not talk to anyone <laughs> like a day without any Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, so lately I've been kind of trying to take the, the weekends off from that because I also Zoom for work. It's, it's just kind of a part of my life essentially, <laughs> yeah. Uh, While we're on the topic, uh, one of the books that I think is really good for exploring this topic is Quiet. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's by Susan Cain. Anyway, it, it has it has a lot of like in-depth research on introversion, and it, and it kind of expands on some of the topics. I won't rehash any of it. I also don't remember most of it, but that that is a good book that has a lot of information for some of these topics. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What would you say to like someone who is introverted? And they needed to, you know, they only had like a limited capacity, like going to a grocery store or, you know, just, just those like small momentary interactions, you know? Yeah. I think what, okay, so there's a lot of things to unpack here, actually. <laughs> but the most important piece for me, at least, is having the types of interactions that you want and not leaving uh, a lot on the table which is to say that if you have many interactions that you don't feel good after, which is mm -hmm. what I had in the past, mm -hmm. then finding some tools to work through those is probably really important. Mm -hmm. If, however, you don't find yourself having a lot of conversations with a lot of people and it doesn't bother you at all and it's not impacting you negatively in any way, mm -hmm. then maybe it's not as important, right? So basically like you're saying, like if the capacity for stimulation from other people is low, and you're not really going out, you don't, you didn't feel the need to start going out and start talking to a lot of people. It's just that getting those interactions that you already have and mm -hmm. getting the most out of them is probably going to be valuable for you. So uh, for example, like if you're a super introverted at work and you never talk to anyone, there's a potential that that's hindering opportunities to, to move up. So things like that, like it's important to kind of look at the structure of how these things are impacting you and what places they need to change. Because I think what some people 
hear or feel, and I know I have in the past, is like, oh, well, you need to work on this skill and just go talk to random people all the time and build it up, and then you'll be super gregarious and just hang out with everybody and da 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 da. Like, that's not a box that typically people are going to fit in if they're having these sorts of problems because they probably are rooted in just not genuinely liking this stuff a ton. So it's about just finding those interactions, right? The ones that are important, the ones that aren't going the way you want or the changes that you do want. So for example, there was a point where I wanted to meet more people. Okay, well, I have to actually go figure out the mechanics for that because never talking to anyone is not the way to do that. So that's that's the main takeaway <laughs> is that I would say like figure out what pieces and where it's actually important as opposed to this like generic I just have to talk to everybody and be super friendly and gregarious and talk to random strangers on the street and get to know everyone. Like if that's not who you are, that's not who you are. But winning in these small conversations or the things that are relevant to you is important. And I do think that is where you can start picking up some of these conversation tools and and there's tools and tactics and things that you can read about that I won't blather on about forever. But there's, there's all these different strategies that you can use to get more out of those conversations. And I would just focus your effort there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, important distinction to, you know, kind of establish what, what type of, like, if you don't care about that person at the checkout counter, you don't necessarily have to engage with them. <laughs> just say, thank you and be out of there. And you don't have to really do much, but if, if it's impacting your work, definitely that can, impact your whole entire life because that's your source of income and your livelihood so if you haven't figured that out that it just made me think of you know being a business owner I I have to interact with other people it's like to build my network I have to go to networking events and just like put myself out there constantly and it's it takes something for sure but I think in just the repeated exposure and the kind of dialing it in, like, you know, what I want to stack. Like, I mean, I could say my elevator speech like right off the bat kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that can make a really big difference for a lot of people when you kind of figure out what matters to you, what do you value, why, what impact. If I were to train myself in this uncomfortable situation, you know, what would be the end result that could come out of that? And would that be worth it? to like put myself through the discomfort of talking to people at work. Yeah. And I do think there are the one other thing I would touch on is I do think that a lot of people have built up habits. Like you're saying of like, Oh, I don't want to talk to this person at the checkout place mm-hmm. built out habits that are self-reinforcing and could produce really nice effects otherwise. So to kind of pull apart the distinction that I was making before, even more, I'm not just saying, the interactions that you want to have, which is, which is what I said before. But okay. what I mean is the ones that you are going to have either way, right? So <laughs> if you're going to have these interactions, kind of tweaking some of your tools, like so even this small talk at the counter type of thing, like mm-hmm. historically, if it's never gone well, you might feel like, well, then there's no point in ever doing this. Whereas mm-hmm. if you've got a couple extra tools, it might be a lot more pleasant than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's worth kind of playing with some of those strategies. But mm-hmm. the point that I really want to hammer home is that if you're not the type of person that goes out every weekend and makes new friends and meets people, like you don't need to feel like that's what you should be doing. Cause sometimes that's, that's what happens um, when we start talking about being more 
uh, personable or extroverted is this feeling of like, oh, I have to go talk to everyone now. And that's not the case, but winning in these little interactions that you already are going to have that are already important to you, mm-hmm. that's where you can really make up some, some nice ground and get some extra positive experiences. The other thing is, like you are saying, if it's important, if you need to build these skills in certain realms to achieve other goals, then definitely you need to focus on it. Otherwise, you're just going to be limited, like you were saying, if you're building a business in your ability to network and grow. Yeah. Yeah, just from going through this, I was just also self-reflecting on like, yeah, I could, even as an extrovert, I I could still expand myself because I was like, you know, when I think about my interactions at the checkout counter, I, you know, I, it's, it's small. It's like, oh, how's your day? Good. And, you know, have a great day. And the weather's nice. <laughs> just like nothing like depth. And then I don't, I don't usually remember the people at the checkout counter because it's when I think about my significant other and he's someone who's more verbose because I'm always like you know get in get out I got places to be I got things to do (laughs) kind of like hustle it along so I'm not like focusing on you know having an engaging conversation because it's like there's people in line (laughs) just like um it's more of like a courtesy thing but when I think about my partner he just seems to know people better he like will remember the checkout people and people who are just like in in that circle where I I don't (laughs) now I have like this guilt about that but I'm just like what if I expanded myself and really you know it doesn't have to be like a five-minute conversation but to just really you know get to know them as a human being and them as a person versus this person is just checking me out kind of (laughs) yeah so yeah I'm just considering of ways I can further expand myself yeah and that's really what I mean too by like winning in those little conversations right like that's what I mean by being able to like maybe sometimes you're super in a hurry and you don't have time and you just say thanks yeah but maybe there's other times that things are slow and then you're not doing anything and there's more opportunity to kind of open that up and practice and those little interactions also help open up other I don't want to say more important because they're all somewhat important but other types of interactions of a similar type and it all just like works together if you just work on those small little pieces you get benefits all over the place yeah yeah definitely awesome well thank you for listening to this week's episode of happy talks with dr allison donovan we hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch Catch you next time. time.